I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back for more Drummer Daily. I'm Daniel Hadaway, your grateful drum coach, and I'm so thankful that you could join me again today. This is episode number 136, and that's a lot. And I was thinking maybe I should um, get myself a theme song like uh, like the Jimmy Fallon does on the Tonight Show, where you know right at the end or right at the end of the song, the intro song, uh, Questlove always yells out what episode number uh, the show is. Um, maybe I should start doing that as well. And go one three six. Uh, but it's not that exciting if I just do that at the beginning of every episode without music. So maybe I won't do that. Regardless, this is episode 136. Um, So today, I've got another question from a listener, and I really appreciate uh, all of you who have written in questions. If you have a question that you'd like me to answer here on the podcast or something you'd like for me to talk about, send me an email, daniel at danielhadaway.com, or you can just go to danielhadaway.com, fill out the form there, and um, I will do my best to work it into an episode of the podcast. All right, so today's question comes from Elijah, and he says, hey, when you go into the studio, how many takes does it usually end up taking before you get a solid drum track? And do parts ever end up getting quantized, meaning are they, do they ever get corrected and fixed to be perfect? Or are the professionals that good that absolutely nothing gets corrected? Well, that is a couple of really awesome questions. It's so awesome that I'm going to take a sip of coffee right now before I answer it. Here I go. Pause for dramatic effect. All right. <laughs> I really did take a sip of coffee, by the way, guys. Uh, I realized my throat was getting kind of dry. I needed to do that. Anyway, uh, uh, so I'm going to go through these questions one by one. So um, I do have a lot of experience um, drumming in the studio, and I just want to say that to answer all of the questions um, with a blanket statement, the answer is going to be, it depends. Um, But that's not good enough for you, Elijah, and it's not good enough for you, whoever you are listening to me do this podcast. Uh, So I want to go into a little more detail. So the first question is, how many takes does it usually end up taking before you get a solid drum track? Um, I will say that for me... 90% 90% of the time, a solid drum track definitely will not happen on the first take. It will not happen on the second or third take. Somewhere around the fourth take for me, generally speaking, is where there's something that's pretty close to at least the bare bones structure of what we're going for. Um, 
there are rare occasions when um, I'm playing something on a very repetitive song and we know what we want exactly and the producer is very clear. Um, he's got the kind of the plan laid out and that makes it really easy. And I have gotten something pretty solid in the first take. Um, the thing about the first, the whole idea of, of keeping the first take is that just makes everybody nervous. You never want to have, uh, in this day and age where you can go back after the fact, like an engineer or producer can go back and comp together different takes of different parts and stuff. Even if you get it right on the first take, it makes everyone nervous to only have one take in the bag, so to speak, to pull from later. Um, there's a million things that could, could have happened during that take that we didn't notice right away. Um, for example, the, you know, for whatever reason, maybe the snare drum somehow got detuned slowly throughout the song. Um, and we didn't realize it at the time, but afterwards they're going to realize it. And they're going to be like, man, we don't have anything where that snare stayed in tune the whole song. Um, or whatever other, you know, there's a million other things that could have happened, could have changed. And so typically, even if we can get it in one take, we don't leave it at one take because, um, we want the option later of going back and and changing things. Um, so, um, it depends really the answer to the question, but I would say that more often than not, you're going to be in the three to four take range before you get a solid track. Um, you might go in the five, six, seven take range if you're doing like a, a real like master recording where it's not a demo or anything. It's actually going on a finished product CD. Um, at least that many. And then um, we might go through and do different parts. We might play the chorus a few extra times uh, to get some different options as far as parts go or different fill options, different things like that. Um, so the next part of the question was, do parts ever end up getting quantized? Um, and the answer, honestly, is yes, they do. Um, now, <clears throat> I will say that most of the time, if something is going to get quantized or it's going to get fixed, it's going rhythmically speaking. So for those of you who may not know what quantizing is, it's where um, the drums get adjusted with the computer to basically line up perfectly with the beat. So every hi-hat hits perfect or every snare and kick hit is right exactly perfectly locked in with the click track. Um, and But I, I want to say that it, most of the time when something gets quantized, I, I know that it's going to be quantized while I'm tracking it. I'm, I'm, the producer tells me we are going to be quantizing this. Um, and I know a lot of people have different opinions about that. And they're like, oh man, that's, that's, that stinks. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of combine your next question, which is, are the, are the professionals that good that absolutely nothing gets corrected like that? Um, I will say that the thing about quantizing or fixing drums is that um, it's not, in the situations I find myself in, it's not so much about feel most of the time. Now, sometimes I will play something really, really cool that's really difficult, and the producer's like, man, I don't want to even risk uh, trying to get you to play that again. Um, I'm just going to lock a few pieces in, and we'll be done with it. Um, but that doesn't really happen that much. The, the, most of the time, the reason why drums are being quantized. And the reason why a producer is able to tell me ahead of time, hey, this is going to be quantized. This is going to be fixed. Um, it's going to be a perfect, you know, lock to the grid type drum part uh, at the end. The reason why he's able to tell me that is because uh, there are a lot of other drum loops and tracks that are going to be added in that are computer based. So drum machines and sequencers or crazy samples and stuff and all that stuff is going to be exactly perfect based on the computer that's creating it or computer that's lining it all up. 
So if there were to be a 16th note pattern on the hi-hats that I play that does not exactly line up with the 16th note part that maybe is a sample that's being played, um, it's going to sound really bad and really sloppy. So even if I could play it quote-unquote perfectly, it's still not going to line up 100% of the time exactly right with those drum loops and some of those electronic elements. So when I play on stuff like that, the producer is going to tell me, hey, you know, we're going to line this up uh, just so you know. And that actually allows me mentally to kind of shift where I'm at with my playing. I know that it doesn't matter as much about, you know, if I'm going to lay back this hi-hat, you know, to kind of make it have a little more groove, I need to not do that if I know that it's going to be locked in anyway, because doing that kind of stuff really throws engineers for a loop and makes it harder to line up. It's not, it's not for me as a drummer to argue with a producer and say, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be fixing this. Um, you should let me let the rhythm breathe as us drummers like to use as an excuse for when we can't play with the click really well or whatever it is. Um, I don't, it's not our place to argue that point. It's our place to understand what the producer wants and make it their job as easy as possible. So if he says, Hey, this is going to be lined up, then I am going to do my best to make the job of lining it up as easy as possible, which means I'm not going to try to intentionally drag anything. I'm going to try to play right on top of that click and as perfectly as possible that I can do um, so that maybe it doesn't have to get corrected as much or those little waveforms on the computer don't move so much when they, uh, when they correct it. They're like, wow, that didn't move at all because you played it so well. Um, but to answer the other part of your question, which is are there professionals that good that absolutely nothing gets corrected? Um, yes, there are professionals that are that good. Um, but keep in mind again that really my goal when I'm playing in a studio session is to take my ability out of the equation. So um, my goal is to never have to have anything aligned because I didn't play it well. I want them to choose to align it for some other reason, like what I already mentioned. But I have sat in on sessions. When I was a teenager, I actually went... um, we had a family friend who was a studio singer, so he sang backup on country albums and country songs. And he took me to the studio one day just to kind of let, let me kind of, you know, take your, take your well, it wasn't your son, it would be like take your friend's son to work day. Um, but he took me, because he knew I wanted to be a drummer, a professional drummer, he took me to the studio and he let me just kind of sit in the control room and watch while they did some sessions. Um, and those guys, which again are like the top of the top, the best of the best, Nashville musicians playing country music, they were like a machine. They, they'd play first take almost every time and get it right. Now, these weren't full master tracking sessions. These were demos, which means a songwriter wrote a bunch of songs and wanted to get a reference recording down that they would then use that recording to pitch to artists who might consider actually putting it on their album. They wanted a professional recording of the song, though, to get, have a good reference. So they weren't as nitpicky about, uh, you know, oh, maybe that, maybe that kick pattern should be a little different. This was much more... Um, you know, let's get the bare bones of the song down and right. But I will tell you, my mind was blown when I went to this session and watched these guys do this because it came across, it sounded like a CD immediately. Like the, from downbeat, everybody played perfectly. It was insane to watch and witness. Um, it's one of those things that if someone else had told me that it happened that way, I would not have believed it to be true. Um, but I saw it with my own eyes. I heard it with my own ears. And so, yes, it is possible Um, And there are guys who do it a lot, Um, but it doesn't happen so much these days. Almost everything gets fixed for one reason or the other. Hey, 
that was a great question, Elijah. Thank you so much for writing in. Um, and I hope that answered your question. And if you're a drummer who wants to be a professional drummer, I hope that that kind of gives you a little insight into how things work inside the studio and kind of where the standard is for your own playing. Um, speaking of that, as we leave, I just want to encourage you, raise your own standards for your playing. Look at how you're playing. Look at what you're doing. Be aware of where every note that you're playing is falling and ask yourself, is this, is this, am, I, am I rising up to the standard that, that I need to have for myself or am I not aware and do I not really know what's going on? Am I not paying attention to my playing? And where can I improve that awareness? Where can I improve uh, where, where I'm trying to meet a certain standard with my playing? And do I need to raise my standards? Am I thinking that I'm good enough, but I'm, but I'm really just trying to play something more complicated um, in order to mask the fact that I don't have the basics down? So ask yourself those questions. Ask yourself the tough questions. Look deep inside yourself as a drummer. Set up a camera and record yourself playing and really critique yourself. All those things can really contribute to you improving drastically and quickly as a drummer. So do those things, um, but raise your standards and hold yourself to those high standards. All right, thanks for joining me on Drummer Daily, and we'll talk again really soon. Bye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 